raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Preliminary investigative findings have shown there was no nexus to terrorism or homegrown violent extremism. This appeared to be a dispute between several people that ended in gunfire. Yeah, it was exactly how I called it yesterday, Hammer. That was Kansas City PD Chief Stacy Graves talking about the fatal shooting that took place yesterday following that Chief Super Bowl parade. Yeah, turns out it was a couple of thugs with guns in an altercation, and uh, they decided to solve their dispute with indiscriminate gunfire that involved uh, innocent bystanders, and one person is dead. That's exactly what I said happened yesterday. I said I didn't want to speculate, but I, I could just absolutely tell that's what this thing was. It was an altercation with guns involved. And three people, at least... Uh, were taken into custody. They're not releasing the names yet because we are talking about folks that are under the age of 18. 23 people shot, one woman killed. All three of them should be charged with murder. All three of them should go behind bars for the majority of the rest of their lives. Here's a little bit more from that press conference from the Kansas City Police Department. During the overnight hours, we learned there are 23 victims of yesterday's shooting. One of our victims, Elizabeth Galvin, 43 years old, died. We are still learning about her, but know that she is beloved by many. To her friends and family, we are with you. And we are working tirelessly to investigate her murder. The 22 victims age range between eight years old and 47 years old. At least half of our victims are under the age of 16. As mentioned yesterday, we have subjects detained, two of which are juveniles. We are working to determine the involvement of others. And it should be noted we have recovered several firearms. Serious question, and I'm not trying to be a smart aleck or whatever. What gun laws would these scumbags have obeyed? To prevent this? Yes. Because I see a lot of people rushing to social media like they often do when these types of things happen. Including the President of the United States. It's the guns. It's the guns. Media members, politicians. All right, fine. What gun law would you put into place that would have prevented this yesterday? Because it sounds to me... Like these three individuals have absolutely no interest in obeying any law that you can come up with. Try these thugs as adults, put their mugshots on TV and throw the book at them, making them uh, uh, an example. Make an example out of these guys that killed one per radio personality out there doing maybe a remote broadcast. You know, imagine you and I doing a, a live remote during a, uh, which we've done lots of times before and gunfire breaks out and you end up losing your life, doing your job. Like the All-Star Game is here in Indy this yeah. weekend. You know, we could easily be somewhere doing our show, broadcasting live, and everybody's there to have a good time. And then three scumbags who have no interest in following any laws whatsoever, come in, start shooting at each other, and they don't care where the bullets go. 
because this woman that was shot and killed, this radio DJ, um, she was not the target, but she lost her life. And you're absolutely right. I hope and pray they try all of these individuals as adults. I know there are at least two juveniles charge them as adults and keep them behind bars. The keeping them behind bars part seems like it's a nationwide problem. We talk about it here in Indy, but it's happening everywhere. uh, Not only is keeping them behind bars a nationwide problem, but this specific incident where there are gangs and there are uh, a-holes that don't care and there are disputes and altercations with, that result in gunfire happening happen everywhere it's not just specific to indianapolis or kansas city it happens in a lot of big democrat uh run cities in this country and i want everyone to remember I mean, some of the heroes of what took place oh, in yeah. that kansas city parade yeah. One of the guys' name was Paul Contreras. Now, there were a number of people who jumped in to help victims, provide CPR, carry people to safety. There were also some folks that saw a gunman, chased him down, tackled him, and beat the hell out of him until the authorities arrived. Paul Contreras is one of them. Paul and his wife were at the parade. They heard the gunshots fire out. And when one of the gunmen was trying to flee, Paul and a few others chased him down and tackled him. Here is Paul Contreras. Remember this guy's name speaking to a television station in Kansas City. One guy was hollering, saying, you know, stop him or catch him, you know, tackle him, whatever. And he's just just bailing, running. And out of nowhere, I heard that guy hollering. So I'm just like, okay, well. I'm right here, and I just, I didn't think about it. It was just a reaction. I didn't hesitate. It was just, just do it. So I went to go tackle him, and another gentleman did the same thing. And as I'm tackling him, I see his weapon either fall out of his hand or out of his sleeve because he was wearing a long jacket or like a Carhartt. So when I seen that hit the ground, I'm like, oh, you know, we got to take this guy down. And so, like I said, I did, and another good Samaritan did, and... We held him down, and it seemed like forever, but it probably wasn't. It was like 30 seconds holding him down, and me and the other gentleman are hollering at ongoers, you know, where's the cops? You know, get the cops over here. Get the cops over here. You know, we got him. Good for him. Wow. That's awesome. The guy was armed. The guy, I mean, who knows what could have, what damage could have been done had he pulled the trigger. That's, and the guy, you got to imagine the adrenaline is, uh, the adrenaline is pumping, just coursing through your veins at this point. Right. And he said it was instinct. I mean, he just acted, he didn't even think about it. Lucky that gun fell out of the guy's coat and uh, more uh, injuries and or killings didn't happen. The other story today we're keeping our eye on is what's happening in an Atlanta courtroom. The uh, Fulton County DA, Fannie Willis, Big fat Fanny. <laughs> she has taken the stand today and it has been a dumpster fire of a day for Big Fat Fanny. Now, first of all, let's address the name. She's trying to tell everybody that her name is Fanny. Oh, okay. Fanny, F-A-N-I. Fanny. Fanny. Nope, Fanny. Like when Joe Dirt was trying to tell everybody his name was Joe Dirte. <laughs> Your name is Fanny. Anyway, uh, she's taking the stand today. Her lover, Nathan Wade, who was previously married to 
someone else while they were having their little escapade here. He testified under oath that all of the lavish vacations that he took with Fannie while he was hired to prosecute Donald Trump, he used the business credit card and then was reimbursed in cash by Fannie Willis. You said in the affidavit that you roughly shared travel, though, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So this roughly sharing travel, you're saying she reimbursed you? She did. And where did you deposit the money she reimbursed you? It was cash. She didn't She didn't give me any checks. So she paid you cash for her share of all these vacations? Mr. Schaefer, you'll step out if you do that again. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And so all of the vacations that she took, she paid you cash for? Yes, ma'am. And you purchased all of these vacations on your business credit card, correct? <laughs> yes, ma'am. And was reimbursed by Fannie I mean, with taxpayer money. You have to understand what's going on here. This is the Fulton County District Attorney. Fannie Willis in a romantic relationship with the special prosecutor that she hired to lead this election interference case against Donald Trump. I mean, you talk about a conflict of infant uh, conflict of interest that should disqualify Willis and everybody in this entire sham trial altogether. And then you you know Willis personally profiting from this case she's paying her boyfriend six hundred fifty thousand dollars for his work and then reaping those benefits when he's using those earnings to go on lavish vacations (laughs) and don't forget to point out she appointed this guy to do the gig when he wasn't qualified there was nothing on this guy's resume that says that you're prepared to take on a former president of the united states nothing at all even the good time party boys at MSNBC are saying this is ball game. It's it's so legalistic centric and yet so important and fascinating. Right. Don't let the legalese fool you. This is epic. This is monumental. If things are going in the direction we think uh, Fonnie Willis lied to the court, it's game over for her. She will be disqualified um, if they had a relationship prior to when they uh, represented to, to the court. It's, it's a huge deal. I, I can't overstate it. Because it looks like they've got everybody on the record and they can prove she lied to the court, which is a crime. And she could, she won't, but she could serve up to five years in prison for it. So if that happens, they're going to get rid of her. This isn't over for Trump necessarily. Georgia could find new attorneys to take over the case or they could drop the case altogether. We'll Correct. See. We'll see. Now, this is the cherry on top of the Sunday. You can't make this up. Think about all the things that Fannie Willis is being accused of right now. Back when she was running to be the DA in 2020. Listen to what she said in an interview. This was her sales pitch as to why she should get the job. Because they deserve a DA that won't have sex with his employees. Because they deserve a DA that won't put money in their own pocket when it should go to benefit children. Oh for two there, oh, Fanny. Boy. Oh for two. <laughs> Yesterday, former President Trump was doing a uh, campaign rally in Pennsylvania, and he addressed what was going on with Fanny slash Fanny Willis. You saw what happened in Atlanta with Fanny, F A N I, Fanny. <laughs> How do you pronounce F A N I, Fanny? <laughs> 
before. I would never have an affair with anybody in my office. Well, she had an affair. <laughs> and they paid the guy almost a million dollars. So Trump was having fun in Pennsylvania. Funny. That was the real Donald Trump. But for us, AI Donald Trump is here oh to share his thoughts on what's happening in Georgia. Big fat fanny. She's a fat pig. She's a crook. Her and her great lover should be locked up. Big fat fanny ripping off the fine people in Georgia. It's really sad. She's having fat sex. The only thing worse than that is thinking of Nigel pooping in the shower, trying to sober up after too many shots of fireball. Nigel and fanny are a couple of losers. AI Donald Trump sharing his thoughts there, Nigel. Incredible. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Do you suppose we'll meet any wild animals? Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. The dingo ate your baby. And now Hammer and Nigel proudly presents... Damn, nature, you're scary. Lions. And tigers. And bears. Oh, my. You ever been gored by a bull? No. Oh, boy. Can't say that I have. A Florida woman gored by a bull on her own farm. Eee. It's on our own farm. Got an unexpected life-saving news when she had x-rays done after uh, the injury for her broken rib. Doctors found a tumor in her lung that if they hadn't found it sooner, they could have killed her. Here is um, here is Teal Mull talking about the bull attack and medical issue, along with the doctor speaking on her diagnosis and treatment. When I walked outside, I saw my son getting whammed by this bull. I just kind of gave up the ghost. I was like, okay, Lord, it's me or you. You know, I'm done here. I can't hold out any longer. Look at this little sucker that they found at the same time. That right there is the tumor. Your x-ray that you just got looks great. So all the things that you're doing are perfect. I'm alive, and I'm going to stay alive. I just feel like I got another chance. Well, I mean, thank God. You got gored by a bull. (laughs) Things I never thought you'd say out loud. I know. Oh, thank you, dear Jesus, for letting me get gored by that bull, because they were able to find a tumor in my rib as they were fixing it. Like, when I watch those people do the running of the bulls oh, yeah. in Spain, Spain yeah. like, some of those folks get beat down by the bull. Like, not all of the runners win. Sometimes the bull, <laughs> you know, gets the better of people from time to time. And I just think to myself, how bad would that hurt? Not only is it big and strong and fast, it's got those, you know, big horns. Those sharp horns that just you know, go right up your butt. Right. Oh, like, I don't want anything going up my butt, let alone sharp horns from an angry bull that thinks, you know, this is a game just toying with me. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's funny how life works out. If she hadn't been on the farm, if she hadn't decided to buy a bull, I, I couldn't imagine it being on a farm, owning an animal, where there is a chance that I would get gored by the animal. 
I don't want to be gored I, I, by anything. Like, no. I don't want Allison to gore me. <laughs> I don't want, you know, a dog or even a cat somehow, if they had the ability to gore me. Goring doesn't sound like a good time to me at all. <laughs> but bulls, man, they are, uh, they get pretty fired up. Like, have you ever been to a rodeo? I was out in Vegas for that Pacers in-season tournament, and they were having the big national rodeo final out there. And I was watching some of the highlights on the news. Those bulls, some of those bulls, man, they get after it. They don't think this is cute. They don't think it's funny to have cowboys and burr, you know, spoot, what are they called, spurs and boots, all that kind of stuff. They don't find that stuff enjoyable. They don't find the humor in it like a lot of people do. One of this Florida woman was wearing red. I wonder if her son was wearing red. Does it red seems to piss the bulls off, right? Correct. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I think also going out there and like trying to get the bulls' attention <laughs> also for any reason whatsoever ticks them off. Yeah. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. One, two, three, let's go. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show. So yesterday, Hammer, you remember it was all over social media, all over the news. Big time story about this credible threat to national security. You have this guy, this House Intelligence Chairman, Mike Turner, uh, out. Of, he's an Ohio Republican, making you know say, "Oh my God, we've we've got this national security threat. We need to act immediately. We need to have Joe Biden unclassify all these uh, these documents and all these threats, so the American people can be made aware of exactly what's going on." And everybody was speculating. Everybody. It was, meanwhile, by the way, Mike Turner, big Russia hawk. I think it's no coincidence that this is happening as the House is trying to push through billions of dollars for Ukraine to fight Russia. And um, there was also another interesting vote on the floor yesterday that had to been delayed. The FISA Act overhaul. Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act that was used coincidentally to spy on the Trump campaign back in 2015 and 2016. Anyway, uh, the, he, this guy, Mike Turner, is getting blowback from even some of his own GOP colleagues about this, 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 I mean, alarmist thing that happened yesterday. You know what brings a smile to my face, Nige? Yes. The fact that the American public has such little faith in the government. This story came out yesterday. And not only did people, you know, not freak out, but they looked at Turner and said, I don't believe you. (laughs) Like, nobody was freaking out about this yesterday. You know, maybe 15, 20, 30 years ago, oh my God, is there a dirty bomb? You know, are we all going to die? What's going on? This story broke yesterday, and pretty much the entire country said, I don't believe you. They went full Ron Burgundy, looked at Turner, and said, I don't believe you. Quote, it's effing BS, one prominent House Republican told CNN of Turner's move. He ought to lose his job. He did that to get his way on FISA. And we're hearing more and more of that type of feedback. Matt Gates, a well-known Republican from the state of Florida, a flamethrower. Matt Gates went on television last night and talked about it. Well, I think there are credible threats all over the world. I don't know that all of them would necessitate hysteria. I reviewed the intelligence today. I can't make reference to the domain or the country, but I am an experienced member of the House Armed Services Committee. And I got to tell you, what I reviewed today certainly did not have total consensus. There were reflections in the intelligence that showed that there were differing opinions about the risk to Americans. And also, uh, I've seen stuff that's 
not maybe exactly like this, but of the same flavor and of the same kind several times during the last seven years. Uh, it is something that may be more susceptible to an ebb and a flow. The timing is suspicious well, because Mike Turner is all about getting this national security supplemental passed, and he's all about getting the FISA authorities that have been abused by exactly. the Biden administration and the DOJ even before them extended. And I worry that this is going to serve as, as some sort of basis for what otherwise would be a suboptimal bad path for the country. So he wants to, this guy Turner wants the FISA thing extended. Um, there was speculation and I, I do believe that you know, the ABC I believe was reporting that some of it, this national security threat had to do with Russia wanting to put nukes in space. Now there are, there are currently no nukes in space. There's no nukes headed our way from Russia at this point. It's, it was purely, and, and again, part of this is speculation, but Russia, yeah, they want to put uh, nuclear weapons in space, which is a problem. But did it rise to the level of this Turner guy going ape and, and causing uh, uh, outcry on social media? Um, no, not at all. Now, the thing to keep in mind, I know we're kind of downplaying this here, but if Russia did decide to transport nukes via the air, whether it's space or something else, remember how Joe Biden handled the Chinese spy balloon. So while we sit here and say, ah, there's nothing to see here. You guys are full of crap. Yeah, I'm Russia could just take it across a balloon across our country if they wanted yeah, to. I'm not saying there's nothing to see here, but like Matt Gates said, these guys see a lot of stuff go past their uh, desk, and a lot of it is cause for concern, of course. But I don't believe this. And again, this Mike Turner loves, uh, well, I mean, he's like they call a Russia hawk. He wants that money to get to Ukraine, and he does want to uh, extend the uh, FISA act that was abused by the Obama administration to spy on Carter Page and the Trump campaign. Now, speaking of Russia, old Pootie Tang, Vladimir Putin, he came out and said, yeah, that interview with Tucker Carlson, um, I thought he'd have more piercing questions. Yeah. Basically saying Tucker did a softball interview with him. You know, I, I listened to it on the plane home Sunday from Arizona back to Indy, and I, I, I fell asleep for half of it, quite frankly. Was that during the history lesson? Yeah, that I, I just... Oh, Vlad know, was teaching? I mean, look, he was kind of... Fil Vlad was filibustering a lot. Um, you remember my story yesterday, about how I was listening to that, and I fell asleep, and the drink cart lady woke me up, actually, and I was never able to get back to sleep. But That's I how you know you're a power customer, when the drink yeah. cart lady says, we've got to wake <laughs> this guy up. We know he's going to buy something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, 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 it was okay. It was just okay. Well, not one of my favorite interviews I've done. It was, it was kind of interesting when he got past the history lesson. Putin told a Russian TV interviewer, quote, to be honest, I thought he would behave aggressively and ask so-called sharp questions. I was just not prepared for this. I wanted the sharp questions because it would give me the opportunity to respond in the same way. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like, I like Tucker's interviews, but I like him when he's doing his monologues a lot better. I like monologue Tucker better than interview Tucker. Now, speaking of Putin, he also has thoughts on our presidential race this year. Knowledge. Oh, really? So, 
I think this qualifies. I think this means we can cross over. I think this means we can check in with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. Take a test where you're taking cocaine. Come on, man. You ain't black. So Pody Tang says that he prefers Joe Biden to win the election <laughs> over Donald Trump. I'm Vladimir Putin, and I endorse Joe Biden. <laughs> I approve this message. Uh, he says that Joe Biden has more experience, and he's more predictable. Well, of course. Yes, of course Joe Biden's going to get the endorsement of the dictator of Russia. Uh, for, for the examples you say, that's why one of the reasons I loved Trump. He wasn't predictable. You didn't know what he was going to do. And that's what kept all these guys in line. No wars for four years. I mean, was Trump really going to nuke North Korea? No. But old fat boy thought there could be a chance. Depending on the day, whatever, you know, rubbed him wrong that day, you never know with Donald Trump. And especially with the, his advisor, John Bolton, you know, chained up in the background with a, in a leash. <laughs> Again, I always use the example, look, uh, fat boy, I, you know, I don't want to nuke you guys, but this guy behind me here that has my ears, my closest advisor, he wouldn't hesitate to push the red button if he were president. So, And Bolton's maybe, in the back yeah, flipping yeah. a nickel, <laughs> and he's got a toothpick in his mouth, and <laughs> looking like a 1950s tough guy. I can see it, 100%. Uh, more news with Joe Biden. So instead of identifying and deporting any foreign national who might sympathize with Hamas, the Biden administration is issuing amnesty to Palestinians here because of the current war that's taking place between Israel and Hamas. Quote, Citing the war in Gaza, President Biden has issued an order that will shield Palestinians in the United States from being deported for 18 months. It's via a program called the Deferred Enforcement Departure Act, and recipients of this program will also be offered work permits. So, you can chant from the river to the sea, you can chant death to America, you can get together on these college campuses and say horrific things about the Jews, and Joe Biden was like, all right, I'll, I'll allow give you, it. I'll give you another 18 months. 18 months is fine. I, I don't believe all, all the Palestinian refugees are like that. I mean, you certainly can't send them back to Gaza right now. That place is leveled, but certainly... Uh, the bad actors, the people that are shouting those kinds of things that are here um, illegally, you need to keep a close eye on them. Yeah. And I absolutely. wonder how many I, Palestinians are really like that, or is it just our woke white college students that are <laughs> the right. ones chanting these things that don't know their rear end from a hole in the yes. ground that think they're really just being part of something special? The answer is yes. The Biden Department of Justice has filed a lawsuit against the state of Tennessee because Tennessee made it illegal for prostitutes to knowingly spread HIV. What? And the Biden Department of Justice, they filed a lawsuit saying that that's a violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act. <laughs> I'm not making this up. No, no, no. No, 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 no. We want you to have the ability to spread HIV 
That's what he's saying? That's what the lawsuit? Hookers with AIDS apparently fall into the category of disabilities. <laughs> and the Department of Justice under Joe Biden is now filing a lawsuit against Tennessee because they had a law that said, hey, <laughs> if you're somebody that works in that line of work, wink, wink, it is a major crime to knowingly spread HIV. Yeah. And Joe Biden was like, I don't think so, Bow. And the Department of Justice is trying to say that that violates the Americans with Disabilities Act. It's nice to see they've got their priorities in order there in Washington. Everything that's going on. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hello, all my friends. This is Brett Michaels, and you're listening to my friends right here, Hammer and Nigel, and they're about to rock your world. Brett's going to be on the show tomorrow. Cool. About 4.35, I was told, so... Brett Michaels, Poison Front Man, the man bringing this tour to Indy, the Party Gras Tour. Carl, good to see you. Welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. What's going on? You can see me? Yeah, good enough. <laughs> All right. No, nothing much, brother. What are you up to? Man, I want to give you these tickets, okay? But you got to earn them. So we're going to play oh, a little okay. game. We are going to play Party Gras or Needs a Bra, and this is how it works. I'm going to give you a fact about someone. It will either be a fact about Brett Michaels, the man bringing the party grawl tour here, or Chris Christie, failed presidential candidate and a fat guy. Get two out of three correct. We're going to give you the tickets, okay? Sounds like a winner. All right, here we go. Party grawl or needs a brawl. Closed down a New Jersey beach and then went and sat on it. Needs a brawl. Yes, yes, that was a real thing. Chris Christie did. I still can't believe he did that. Had like a lawn chair. Like oh, he was yeah. just he set up shop. All right, get this one right. We're gonna throw a party here, Carl. All right. Party grawl or needs a brawl. Went on a stadium tour with Motley Crue. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna say party grawl. Party yeah! My man, Carl. I don't think Carl got the uh, Billy Madison reference. It's all there. right. Carl, Carl, good to see you. <laughs> Brett Michaels. Oh, right over my head, brother. Don Felder, Lou Graham, D. Snyder, Chris Jansen, Friday, July 12th. You're going to be there, Carl, and whoever goes with you has to drive because you won the tickets. Oh, that sounds like a plan. All right, stay on the line, and Allison will take care of you. Um, starting to look pretty cool outside, Nige, with the All-Star game coming to town. We got the big, you know, light-up All-Star signage on Monument Almost Circle. Monument Circle there, yeah. A bunch of basketball goals are now set up. We got games going on. I heard that commercial for uh, the – who's doing the podcast at the Vogue? Oh, Halliburton and Woj. Woj Woj from ESPN. You're kidding. Yeah, they're ESPN Insider. Um, He's hosting his podcast there tonight, and his guests are Tyrese Halliburton and Grant Hill. Ah, that'd be incredible. So I think they still have tickets available if you want to go. I I believe it's 21 and over. It's at the Vogue in Broad Ripple. But uh, yeah, man, a lot of stuff going on. And if you want to buy a Halliburton jersey, 
They were short for a while. You can get them now at the Pacers gift shop uh, down here by the stadium. All the all-star jerseys are there. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Yeah, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. There's a lot going on in Central Indy. All-Star Weekend kicking off the NBA, but we also have some local legal stuff that we need to get into, so let's not waste any time. Let's dive right in. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. Thought of you this morning, Hammer. I see... uh the, uh, the 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 city that you hail from, Beach Grove. There was a double. Well, I mean, there was two apartments shot up and two young people that were injured this morning. Correct. A seven-year-old girl and a teenage girl. Unbelievable. Uh, somewhere between 15, 16 years old. The report is as many as 50, five zero. 50 shots fired at this apartment complex near East Churchman and Emerson. And this was around 6.45 in the morning. So the nonsense got started early today in Beach Grove. And 50 shots were fired. It sounds like both of these young ladies are going to be okay. Uh, They were taken to the Riley Children for Hospital, where they are in stable condition. Imagine how shaken up you are if you're not only these girls, but their families. And, you know, the fact that there were 50 shots fired, who are these subhumans that are out walking around with what I'm sure are illegally obtained firearms shooting up apartment buildings? Three people taken into custody for this. Oh, really? Oh, I hadn't heard. So So they found them. Well, they've been taken into custody okay, for questioning. I understand. So we'll see what happens as uh, legal stuff runs its course here. But again, man, the thing about Beach Grove, and I love the place. I always will. It's got a great place in my heart. You know, my oldest graduated from there. My youngest still goes to school there. But whenever you hear nonsense like this, you can almost pinpoint a couple different locations where the action's taking place. It's either the low-income housing or the apartment complex where it's a revolving door of police activity all the time. Most of the city of Beach Grove, and it gets a bad rap, and I stick up for it a lot, most of the city are people with common sense, good people. You know, they go to work, they go to church, they pay their bills. A lot of people have lived there their whole lives. But these newer areas, man, and if you watch that On Patrol live show when Beach Grove was embedded with them, you know, you see the same places, the cheap hotels, the cheap apartments, or the low-income housing, that's where the majority of the nonsense happens. And that sucks because there are innocent people who live there, maybe not necessarily of their own volition. They have no choice but to live there because that's all they can afford. They just want to work. They just want to make money. They just want the best for their families, and they have to put up with these violent thugs who will indiscriminately just start firing at people right? or firing at houses or objects. or I don't know what these guys or what the motivation was, or maybe they thought this was some sort of uh, maybe this was some sort of retaliation. I have no clue uh, what's going on, but the fact that there are innocent families and little girls 
involved here in these injuries. It just makes me sick to my stomach. I pray for the victims and their families, and and I hope these guys that the police have have um, I, I don't know arrested is the right word. I don't know. They have them in custody. Right. I hope they make an example out of them once again. Make an example out of these a holes. And you know me, I'm a gambling man. I don't know who the suspects are. I don't know anything about them, but I'm willing to bet. I'm going to push a few chips on the table here that they've been arrested before. Mm. It's the way it always works, isn't it? Like if this county, if Marion County can just figure out a way to prevent violent repeat offenders from going out doing violent repeat offender things, you will see homicides under 100 again. I promise you. Now, how do you make that happen? Well, you need to have a tougher prosecutor. You need to have tougher judges. You need to release some people from jail that are not a threat to society and put real threats in their place. And if jail overcrowding is a problem, then maybe we need to have a conversation about more places to put these people. Just throwing that out there. Uh, We're doing some legal stuff here, keeping it in Central Indy. Man, there was some high drama in a few courtrooms yesterday and today. So let's start with the trial for the IMPD officer, Thomas Mangan. He was shot in the throat back in 2022, allegedly by suspect Malik Hill. Malik Hill is the alleged shooter. He's the one on trial. He was the one accused of shooting an officer who had only been on the force for a very small amount of time in the throat. Now, Malik Hill is also representing himself in this trial. So we had a moment yesterday, Nige, where Officer Mangan takes the stand. And we've had the privilege of meeting Officer Mangan. He can barely speak. His voice is really raspy. He's on the stand, and he's face-to-face with the man that shot him. Because the guy's representing himself. And the guy's a total idiot. Total. I mean... several times over the past few days, uh, multiple times, the judge has had to admonish this guy for, I don't know, procedural mistakes, things that he says that aren't, I mean, just tons and tons of objections from the prosecution. It's it's a joke, actually. And the fact that Officer Mangan had to sit there and actually talk to the guy that shot him is, it sucks, but it's got to be done. But how many times in life do you get a chance to face the person who has done you wrong in some way. True. Like, that was a powerful moment in that court yesterday, and the courtroom was packed. There wasn't a seat to be had in that courtroom because I think a lot of people wanted to see how Officer Mangan was going to react. And, you know, again, his voice is very raspy. But he's a class act. Yeah. Yeah. He teared up a few times, and uh, man, what a powerful scene, being face-to-face with the person who tried to murder you. That was powerful. Now, the judge in that trial, Angela Davis, she said she expects that trial to come to an end as early as today. Also taking place in Indy, the trial of Elias Dorsey. He's the guy accused of murdering IMPD officer Breanne Leith. She showed up to a uh, run. She was called. She knocked on the door, announced police. And Dorsey, on the other end, just fired random shots through the door, striking Officer Leith and killing her. 
Now, the prosecution rested yesterday, and the key moment was a video was shown in court of Dorsey's police interview shortly after the killing. Now, in that video, Dorsey admitted shooting through the door, but he says, quote, I'm not a killer. Something was off. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? it certainly wasn't your aim, you asshat, because you shot and killed a cop. You're going to jail, and you should be going to the chair. Unfortunately, that was taken off the table by the prosecutor. The prosecution has taken the death penalty off the table here because one person that did an examination on Dorsey said that he may have some mental instability. That's what scares me about this this thing now. If I mean, if you take the death penalty off the table because of his, like you said, you know, mental capacity, what else are they taking off the table in terms of a judgment? And instead of going to a maximum security prison, what, you know, country club mental hospital do you get to go to? Right. If that's the case, this guy's not insane. He needs to be in jail for the rest of his life. Quite frankly, he needs to be taken out back and put down. And the thing is, a lot of these cop killers, when they go to jail, they're viewed as like celebrities in there. Oh, yeah. You know, they live the sweet life, some of these guys in there. That's not what this is supposed to be about at all. Like the death penalty exists in Indiana, but you've got a governor that has no interest in using it. You've got a prosecutor that can't wait to take it off the table. In no way was this guy insane for a better choice of words. Officer Lee's family wanted the death penalty. 100%. I think, I believe it was her sister that said trying to claim insanity was a complete joke. And it was the second excuse that the, the defense team gave. The second excuse, the first one didn't stick, so they said, okay, well, how about insanity? He smoked some bad weed. He was paranoid. He thought people were out to get him. Oh. And unfortunately, one quack here in the state of Indiana said, well, that technically could be grounds for insanity. They allowed that to be the reason the death penalty is taken off the table. And that's a shame. So we're keeping our eye on all of those major things happening here in Central Indy. And then in Johnson County, you've got the lawsuit being filed of the young lady that drowned in the swimming pool. Her family is wanting a lot of money from Whiteland High School yeah, saying... A seizure, a seizure, right? Right. And, and the, apparently the school knew about it. or she, The parents tried to alert the school about the fact that she had seizures and nothing was done about it. She was underwater for yeah. an hour before somebody oh had realized gosh. what's going on. Oh, so that awful. family has now filed a lawsuit against Whiteland High School. A lot going on here. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Emma and Nigel presents is It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? Alright, let's rock and roll. Oh, Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I will run some stories by you. 
You be the one that breaks down all the information and gives us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? Hit me. So back in November, a police officer on the Florida Panhandle had an unarmed guy handcuffed in the back of his police car and was standing next to it when he thought the guy fired a shot at him. But it was actually just an acorn that fell and landed on the roof of the police car. No. So the officer thought the suspect was firing at him, and the cop not only unloaded his full clip into the car, so did his female partner. (laughs) Somehow, the guy inside was okay. Just fire! Just fire! Just fire! I'm hit. In the car. In the car. Oh. It might hit my vest. I don't know. I don't know. I felt like it. Dude, am I hit? Yeah, this is something. It's incredibly embarrassing. Have you seen the video? It's one of the most cringe worthy things I've seen. Yeah, he's lucky the guy in the squad car wasn't hit because him uh, he unloaded again, an acorn fell on the cop car and he thought somebody was firing at him. Uh, no charges have been filed. The police officer has resigned. Well, he should, because apparently he's also a stormtrooper. You fired all of those shots, your partner fired all of those shots, and you didn't really hit the goal? Thank God. Right, thank God, but my God, what a horrible shot this guy was. was, I mean, look, I mean, being a police officer, yeah, I I don't, I'm sure police officers are pretty jumpy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think it's a nerve-wracking job, and, but... <laughs> An acorn falling on the car, and you start unloading your gun. <laughs> I mean, you know the other police officers were giving him crap too. Back at the back. At the oh place. yeah, you know what I mean. Back in the locker room. Somebody I mean, probably I, put an acorn on his desk. Yeah, they filled his locker <laughs> full of acorn. I, I guess I feel sorry for the guy. It's embarrassing. He lost his job, or at least he resigned. Um. You know, yeah, it's it's being a police officer can be a thankless job, and yet you always have your head on a swivel. And yeah, maybe it sounded like a gunshot, but maybe before you unload your gun, just 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 make sure. Of course, look, if somebody had been firing at him and he and he stopped to make sure it wasn't anything else, then it could have been the opposite. You he would have been dead. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what to do with this one. We obviously are a short, uh, show that supports our men and women in law enforcement, but that probably, maybe being a police officer wasn't for that guy. No. You know what I mean? Maybe that's Wrong maybe he needs choice to, of work. Yeah, maybe, maybe a different line of work for this uh, former <laughs> police officer. Should have been a stormtrooper. <laughs> Is this anything? A Baltimore woman recently turned 109 years Whoa. old. And her friends talk about some of the things that she loves doing and things that may be her secret to a long life. Now, in honor of Singles Awareness Day, one of those things might be spending 80 years of her life divorced. (laughs) Here's Jamie's friends talking about the big 109th birthday extravaganza. 
She's friends with everyone. She's the sweetest little thing since she came. She knows exactly what she wants to eat, and she'll only eat what she exactly wants to eat. She's been without a man. <laughs> She's been divorced probably for 80 years. And no stress. Hey, look, yeah, that's something. I mean, being married, having kids, it's work. That'll uh, maybe shave a few years off your life. I don't care how good your marriage is. I don't right. care how awesome your kids are. It, it could be stressful. And this lady, this woman, eliminated uh, possibly what could have been uh, uh, a stressful part of her life. She eliminated that. Maybe it, it, it allowed her to... Look, I, there's no other... Um, way I'd live my life right now than what it is right now. Married, two awesome kids, awesome, hardworking wife, very supportive. But this woman went another way. Divorced for 80 years and uh, maybe that saved her a couple. Now, to me, buried in the lead was National Singles Awareness Day. What the hell is that? Uh, I'm not sure what that is other than, you know, people that choose to remain single. Like I had a couple of buddies that are divorced and say they'll never get married again. I got another buddy, Mark, who's never getting married. He's got a, a beautiful teenage daughter, but he's not married. So I, I did read, according to a study, the number one thing to do alone. I know. <laughs> Can I answer? No, it's not treating your body like an amusement park. <laughs> it's going to the movies. Oh. I've been to the movies several times by myself, and I'm married. Well, sometimes you can incorporate your plan and my plan into one big plan like Pee Wee Herman did. <laughs> Popcorn trick, sure. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I bet Trump would love to be at this Fonnie Willis courtroom right now. I, word had it that he was going to show up and just kind of be like a power move and sit there and watch her get grilled by... Uh, Have like a thing of popcorn. By the attorney. <laughs> I mean, Fannie Willis, of course, the uh, Fulton County District Attorney who was in a romantic relationship with the special prosecutor she hired to uh, lead that election interference case against Donald Trump. And there's so, a big paper of a, trail of lavish gifts yeah. and trips that may or may not have been paid for by the taxpayers of Georgia. Yeah, you know, Fonnie Willis. Now, I've fallen into the trap of calling her Fonnie because it's Fanny. Fanny right. Willis. I mean, profited from the case, no question. She paid her lover more than 650 grand for his work and then benefited when he used those earnings to pay for vacations and a whole bunch of crap. So she's on the stand right now, and it's combative, and we'll have some highlights for you later. But the reason Trump is not there is he's yes. dealing with this little situation in New York City. A New York City judge just ruled that Trump's trial in the Stormy Daniels hush money case brought on by Fat Alvin, <laughs> D.A. Alvin Bragg, yeah. will begin on March 25th. Now, a little reminder here that good old Fat Alvin downgraded over half of the felonies to misdemeanors in his jurisdiction, yet he had to elevate a misdemeanor passed the statute of limitations to a felony charge to go after Donald Trump. So he's breaking rules of his own district to go after Trump. Now, the judge, the charge also relies on the idea that Trump's payment to Stormy Daniels was used to conceal some second crime, although the indictment, if you read it, does not specify what that crime is. And, and another side note, the, the guy before Alvin Bragg uh, did not want this case. The predecessor 
Cy Vance refused to bring this case. It was Alva. It was only look, man. This is a coordinated effort uh, between these prosecutors. I'm talking about Alvin Bragg in New York. I'm talking about Jack Smith with the documents case in Miami. I'm talking about Fannie Willis here in Fulton County. Fanny, Fanny Willis. All th- in in these three cases, they all met with the Biden administration in D.C. in the weeks and months leading up to their indictments. I mean, look at this. Uh, and, and I don't think it's any coincidence that Fat Alvin Bragg, the first indictment, which occurred April 2023, on the same day that a former Joe Biden aide testified about Joe Biden's mishandling of classified documents. Then you go to deranged prosecutor Jack Smith. <laughs> he filed an indictment in June on the same day an FBI 1023 form surfaced saying Joe Biden was bribed $5 million. Think that's a coincidence? I don't. And then, of course, you have Fannie Willis in Fulton County. And oh, by the way, Stormy still owes Donald Trump some money. Stormy still owes Donald Trump $300,000 for losing a defamation case that she brought against him. She lost. She owes Donald Trump $300,000. So maybe if I'm Donald Trump, I show up to this March 25th trial and say, excuse me, judge, before we get going, can uh, Miss Clifford over here <laughs> please scratch me a check for three hundred grand? Go back to say something you said just a minute ago. Alvin Bragg is is bringing this case, this hush money payment, because he said the hush money payments uh, concealed a quote second crime, but he won't say what it is that Trump committed. Some sort of supposed right. second crime. He won't say what it is, and it's not in the indictment. <sighs> this is. I mean, a, a coordinated effort. Again, when you have all these prosecutors uh, locally and federally meeting with the Biden administration in the weeks and months leading up to these indictments of Donald Trump, it's a coordinated effort to go after Trump. No question in my mind. So today. And keep him from running. Would have been the 60th birthday for Chris Farley now. Oh, man. Where does Chris wow. Farley rank on list of funniest people? Uh, to you in your lifetime. Does oh, he make the top there. five? I think he's in the top, top five. Because young Eddie Murphy was strong. Chris Rock's stand-up comedy is phenomenal. But in terms of just getting me to belly laugh by doing stupid things, Chris Farley is up there. If you haven't read the biography, The Chris Farley Show, a biography in three acts, it is unbelievable. It's a compilation of stories and also kind of a timeline of his career uh, up until his untimely drug overdose and death. It is the If you're a Chris Farley fan at all, if you've not read The Chris Farley Show, I read it in like... That's a couple days. It's been around for a while. It's been around since late, like, you know, 2008, 2009. And if I remember correctly, his last official public appearance was the opening of the Planet Hollywood here in Indianapolis. Was it really? Remember the Planet Hollywood? Yeah. That was a big deal when it opened up. And uh, Chris Farley was one of the celebrities on the red carpet. That was one of his last official, like, paid appearances anywhere. So let's take a trip down memory lane here here with Chris Farley, because I think different people associate him with different things. Um, Tommy Boy, I think, was his biggest hit at the box office. But why do they put a guarantee on the box then? Because they know all they sold you was a guaranteed piece of shit. That's all it is, isn't it? Hey, if you want me to take a dump in a box and mark it guaranteed, I will. I got spare time. 
Tommy Boy was solid. Uh, to other folks, he was kind of a sidekick to Adam Sandler, and he would go on tour with them. He would pop up and you know just run out like a lunatic in his underpants when Sandler would do his comedy did, did shows. You see him at Ball State. I saw him at Ball State do that. He came out as the lunch lady for Lunch Lady Land. Yes. Uh, and then he appeared in Sandler's movie Billy Madison as the crazy bus driver. Yeah. <laughs> I'll turn this damn bus around. That'll end your precious little field trip pretty damn quick, huh? Sweats poured off his head, veins sticking out. Uh, Underrated movie, Almost Heroes. Yes. Chris Farley and Matthew Perry. Yes. They're like, you know, pioneers going across, you know. They're trying to beat Lewis and Clark to the Pacific Ocean. Right. Yeah. Here's the scene where Chris Farley was justifying his alcohol problem. Drinking has its benefits. It's time for the liquor to take effect. (laughs) (laughs) I like Matthew Perry goes, "Uh, why don't you go take a shower? We know how you get when you drink. And he goes, oh, yes, we do. I I don't know how that part's hilarious. Uh, Dirty Work, another underrated film. And even though he had a small part in it, Chris Farley made the most of it. Lynn Young, the Saigon whore who bit my nose off. (laughs) We're getting hitched. And I think most people, if you say you're a Farley fan, remember the Saturday Night Live days where he's, you know, the Chippendale dancer with Patrick Swayze or the fat ice skater or motivational speaker Matt Foley. Now, young man, what do you want to do with your life? Uh, Actually, Matt, I kind of want to be a writer. Well, <laughs> we got ourselves a writer here. Now, I wonder, from what I've heard, you're using your paper not for writing, but for rolling doobies. <laughs> you're going to be doing a lot of doobie rolling when you're living in a van down by the river. Oh, so good. Yeah, I've heard Chris Farley say, or maybe it was David Spade relay the information, that it was Chris Farley's goal during those skits to try to make his co-stars break character and bust out laughing. That was his sole purpose, was to make David Spade start laughing in (laughs) mid-character. And with that sketch, he succeeded, because Spade has to put his hand over his mouth, and Christina Aguilera... Christina Applegate, Applegate. rather, who was hosting, has to put her head down so she doesn't laugh. So here's what we're going to do. If you need a reason to drink today, we're going to raise one up for the great Chris Farley, who would have been 60. What do we got here, Nige? Four roses, baby. Four roses. Small batch. Allison, you get in the mix here. Here we go. Cheers to Chris Farley. Mm. That is smooth. Woo! Woo! Real good. Four roses, small batch, yeah. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And let me just say, this 
you know, version of how have you injured your crotch? It's going to be different than the one you'll hear on the Home and Garden Show with Allison and <laughs> Pat and Denny Wait, tomorrow. They, they have the same segment on Saturdays? Oh, I didn't. I'm sorry. I'd... Slightly different. Yeah. I don't believe that's a uh, segment on their program, but it's a segment here. So if you're on hold, these are the rules. Keep it short. Don't give us a five-minute story. Keep it short. Keep it clean. And let's rock and roll. Kevin, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. How have you injured your crotch? <laughs> Hammer and Nigel, can you hear me? We can hear you. I got you, buddy. Sorry, I had surgery not too long ago. My my voice is a little messed up. I'll keep it short. All right. So I was about uh, 12 years old at the Ball Diamonds, and I'm sitting there with a girl I was kind of sweet on, and my buddy was sitting next to me, but my family was also with me. And a foul ball comes up, and my little baby brother's in the stroller, and my friend sticks the bat out thinking he's protecting my little baby brother, but it ricocheted and went right in the seat. <laughs> I, I, it just crushed me. I, I'm visualizing that, and... There's nothing worse. I'm glad you're okay, but that sounds hilarious. Oh, yeah. man. John, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show, John. How have you injured your crotch? Oh, man, I'm a landscaper by trade, right? And I was working on the side of a hill, and, man, I ended up full-on split mode. My my boot gave out, and I got caught in some mud, and it was the full-on splits, dude. Oh. Yeah. And I'm, I take it your body's not that flexible to begin with, but you I mean, did the splits anyway? Yeah, not not meant for that, that business. <laughs> oh, man. Was there bruising? No, but there was some serious pain, my man. I understand. Understood. Uh, Carrie, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. Carrie, how are you, and how have you injured your crotch? (laughs) Oh, this is great. I'm doing fine now. I'd say probably 11 years old. It could be injured crotch and potentially lost my virginity at the same time. Oh, jeez. What happened? Here's my word of advice for young ladies. It's cliff diving. Keep your legs closed before oh, you hit the water. Oh, oh man. Bless America. So you smacked oh, the no. water with the old catcher's glove and. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's Lesson learned at an early age. But then, why did you go back 15 times after that, Carrie? That's the question. <laughs> no. Hell no. <laughs> Carrie, thank you. Uh, let's go to Ow. Kevin. Ow. Kevin, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. How have you injured your crotch? Uh, I used to be the skid guy at TBA Auto Parts and work on a stack of skids. And I threw a skid on top of the pile. Didn't know that there was a board coming up behind me, hitting me in the junk. Worth <laughs> uh, the rodeo. How, how long? How long did that take? Uh, you had a commission for a good, good five, ten minutes. Uh, yeah, but I was standing on one foot because there was nobody there to help me. Oh, I was just oh, man. balancing there for a while, and yeah, it, it didn't. Uh, I probably talked funny for a week. After <laughs> John is up next. John, how have you injured your crotch? Uh, yeah, it was back in around '85, and we decided to uh, drink a bunch of beer and go race some golf cart or. Uh, Break on the the go karts, uh-huh. and I cut somebody off, and uh, it flipped me over. And uh, I'll keep it short, but anyway, the, the the area underneath the member, I ended up getting seven stitches. 
Ooh. I mean, it was terrible. I had to drive myself. I took off in somebody else's car and just drove myself to a hospital. But uh, I Cringy. had two children after that, so everything. Oh, good. Out. Okay. Well, thank God. That's uh, the important part. Goodness gracious. All right. Thank you so much for your calls. If you're on hold and we didn't get to you, I'm so sorry. We'll do this again soon. And that is how you play How Have You Injured Your Crotch. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock So this hearing involving uh, District Attorney Fannie Willis, uh, you know, she's the Fulton County District Attorney that uh, started a romantic relationship with the special prosecutor that she hired to go after Donald Trump for the uh, election interference case there in Georgia. Sort of a conflict of interest, shall we say, that probably should disqualify Willis. I mean, look, she was personally profiting from the case. Right. She She was was paying paying this dude who wasn't even qualified to be there. This dude who happened to be her previous lover more than uh, over half a million dollars for his work. And then and then benefiting from said funds when they would go out he you know he used those earnings to pay for vacations for the two people and then he he'd like pay for it on the company credit card and she'd pay him back in cash <laughs> and when we say paid back in cash one that was admitted in court today and yes. we'll get to that and number two that's taxpayer money Let's not kid ourselves. We know what that cash is. So this case against Trump, uh, in terms of election interference, could fall apart. Uh, they could take her off the case. They, she could go to jail because she lied about when she was having a relationship with this prosecutor that she hired. And it's 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 high drama. They're showing it on all the uh, the networks. Well, at least on Fox, they are. And Big Fat Fanny, Fanny Willis, she's been pretty defiant today. Allison, can you turn my computer up here? I'm going to play you a little back and forth here. Uh, This is Fanny Willis on the stand, and she's kind of melting down, and she's accusing the cross-examining attorney of basically being racist. You had contact with Mr. Wade in the year 2020, correct? Ooh, um, I had some contact with Mr. Wade. Would you explain when you say some contact? Please tell us the con- talk about 2020. I had some contact with Mr. Wade in 2020. Um, one of the reasons your allegations are so preposterous or mismerchants that you have joined is... Ma'am, no, 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 I didn't no, no. ask it's, you about the allegations. I asked you about your contact. That's all I ask you, okay? I appreciate that, that you want to say something, but I'm interested in did you have contacts with Mr. Wade in 2020? And your answer so far has been yes, correct? Very limited contact because um, Mr. Wade had a form of cancer. That makes your allegations somewhat ridiculous. I, I do appreciate the characterization. I'm not going to emasculate a black man, but I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm that. sorry, what? I'm not going to emasculate a black man. Did you understand that? All right, well, I don't think we should discuss further. Mr. Sado, next question. I don't understand what that means. She's not going to emasculate a black man. Was that form of cancer that she's saying he had did not, not allow him to perform in the bedroom? Is that what that means? Well, there's a paper trail that says otherwise. There's a paper trail that says not only did he take her on lavish vacations, he bought her gifts like MacBooks and things like that. And she admits in court today 
that they've been in the same room together where she, quote, lays her head down. I'm not going to emasculate a black man. I mean, if I was <laughs> I was dating a white guy, yeah, no way. He couldn't even get it up because of his cancer. <laughs> but because he's black, I'm not going to really expand on anything beyond that. This whole day has been a disaster for Fannie Willis. Here's a little montage of her just showing her ass in court today. <laughs> okay. So, but you were saying that you had amounts of cash. You still had that lean in 2022 when you were dating Wade and going on these trips. So, the cash that you gave him, that could have been used to pay this tax lien off? You gonna tell me how to pay my bills? Okay. He worked more hours than he was paid, and the county paid him for the work that he did. So don't be cute with me and then think that you're not going to get an answer. And where, um, when did he come to, I guess, the condo? I'm not sure what you called it, condo apartment. Um, Would he come and stay at that condo or visit you there? I'm sorry, visit you there. What condo, what apartment? I want to be clear. So not your house. I know you classified one as house and one as condo, so I'm trying to use those terms. Um, There's been more. See, what you don't understand is because of this case, I got to move. And so I, I Mercer, to, if you could ask a more precise yes, question. Yes, please give me the time period. <laughs> Mr. Wade visits you at the place you laid your head. When? Has he ever visited you at the place you laid your head? So let's be clear because you've lied in this, this. Let me tell you which one you lied in right here. I think you lied right here. No, 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 no. This is the truth, Judge. And this, and it, it is a lie. It is a lie. So your office objected to us getting um, Delta records for flights that you may have taken with Mr. Wade. And, well, no, no, no. Look. I object to you getting records. You've been intrusive into people's personal lives. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. So? These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. She is rattled beyond belief. Wow. She is a hot mess. The Hot Mess Express is still on the tracks right now. She's still on the stand. And earlier in the day, uh, her lover, Nathan Wade, testified, <laughs> testified under oath that, yeah, she paid me back in cash. And I put these vacations on the business account and she paid me back in cash. That's it, man. That's ball game. Even the folks at MSNBC said that testimony was it. It's it's so legalistic centric and yet so important and fascinating. Right. Don't let the legalese fool you. This is epic. This is monumental. If things are going in the direction we think uh, Fonnie Willis lied to the court, it's game over for her. She will be disqualified um, if they had a relationship prior to when they uh, represented to, to the court. It's, it's a huge deal. I, I can't overstate it. Oh, man, this is so funny. She thought she was going to get over on Donald Trump. All of a sudden, she's on the stand now. It's Life just, comes at you fast, it baby. It sure does. Um, it sure as hell does. And now there's a clip starting to make its way around social media of an interview she gave back in 2020 when she was running to be the DA. And listen to the reasons that Fannie Willis gives in 2020 as to why she should get the job. Because they deserve a DA that won't have sex with his employees. Because they deserve a DA that won't put money in their own pocket when it should go to benefit children. E. Ooh. (laughs) Over two right there, Nige. Over two, two strikeouts right there. Not looking good. Um, Police have confirmed that the Kansas City shooting that took place following the big championship parade that the Chiefs had was a dispute 
basically between several thugs, including two juveniles. Now, they're not releasing the names. A couple of these folks are under 18. Three suspects in custody. Here's a little bit from the chief of police from Kansas City. During the overnight hours, we learned there are 23 victims of yesterday's shooting. One of our victims, Elizabeth Galvin, 43 years old, died. We are still learning about her, but know that she is beloved by many. To her friends and family, we are with you. And we are working tirelessly to investigate her murder. The 22 victims' age range between 8 years old and 47 years old. At least half of our victims are under the age of 16. As mentioned yesterday, we have subjects detained, two of which are juveniles. We are working to determine the involvement of others. And it should be noted we have recovered several firearms. That was the chief of police in Kansas City at a press conference. Treat the uh, juveniles as adults. Put their names, their mug shots on television. Throw the book at them. Charge them all with murder and make an example out of these thugs for sure. I mean, what did I say yesterday on this show when this was all going down? I said... This is not some sort of Las Vegas-style mass shooting where they're targeting civilians. These are these are criminals, probably with long rap sheets that are um, that are fighting with each other. That had a altercation and fo- started firing indiscriminately at one another, not caring about innocent bystanders. And no gun law would have prevented this. I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of folks that keep tweeting, it's the guns, it's the guns. No, it's the shooters and it's the justice system. The gun isn't going to magically pick itself up. Guess what else is illegal? Murder. Guess what else is illegal? Carrying a firearm when you're not allowed to have one. Do you think any of these three scumbags that were taken into custody give a blue damn about your updated laws? No. The only people that you hamper with that kind of stuff are law-abiding citizens. Now, there are some good stories to come out of this, if you want to call it that. One of the suspected gunmen was tackled to the ground by fans. One of those guys was Paul Contreras, and he was caught on camera right after the shooting happened, basically going full linebacker and tackling the guy and bringing him to the ground. Here's Paul Contreras. We tackled him. We tackled him. He got close to me. I got the right angle on him, and I hit him from behind. And when I hit him from behind, I either jarred the gun out of his hand or out of his sleeve, because as I'm taking him down to the ground, I see the gun on the ground. It's a hero total hero and he wasn't the only one there was another guy too uh trey filter is his name and he spoke to the new york post quote i don't know if i knocked him out when i tackled him or what but i had him squeeze so hard he might have been passed out the entire time for all i know i just started racking him in the ribs and then when asked why he did this from the new york post and i love this answer he said quote I was just doing America stuff. (laughs) America stuff. I love it. And the reality is they risked their lives. It was a dangerous situation. The guy had a gun that they tackled. He was armed. 
And these guys, badasses, man. They took him down. I love that answer. America stuff. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Okay, Are you really okay? Are you okay? Everything's gonna be okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty f***ing far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! A Walgreens in Washington, D.C. has been robbed every month for six months. And it was the same every time. An armed robber would come in demanding money from the safe. As it turns out, the store manager and his nephew were in on it and we're working with the robber. I can't imagine you being okay with this. No, not okay with this at all. And at a press conference, the uh, chief of police in D.C., who was also joined by the feds and the violent crimes task force, announced that three men had conspired to rob the same Walgreens store at least every month since July of 2023. Now, what I'm not okay with is why all of a sudden now did they catch him? This has been going on for like half a year. If you know the same group is coming in every month and they do the exact same robbery, can't you tip somebody off and say, hey, maybe just maybe keep an officer over here. We haven't been robbed yet this month and we're due. Like, I think you got to eventually realize what's going on in the store if you're the employees. And I'm curious as to if it was the exact same people, because you would recognize them after a while. You would see them around the neighborhood, I would think. I don't know. I've got a lot of questions here. I'm not okay with this. I'm glad they arrested the people. But, man, it feels like this could have been prevented a little sooner. Three South Carolina deputies are facing felony charges for prank calling other law enforcement agencies. (laughs) They'd call other departments saying that a dead body had been spotted. Are you okay with this? (laughs) No, I'm not okay with this either. What the hell's going on here? Um, I can only imagine that, I'll be fully transparent, I don't know what the crime situation is in South Carolina, but I'm going to guess that these folks could have been doing something more productive with their time. Unless all of the crime is perfect in South Carolina, unless there are no robberies, no rapes, no homicides, I feel like these guys probably could be spending their time doing something a little bit more productive. Again, these aren't like normal, average, everyday citizens making these prank phone calls. These are uh, South Carolina deputies prank calling other law enforcement agencies saying, yeah, hey, we uh, we spotted a dead body over here. Click. The deputies are First Sergeant Justin Reichard, Deputy Darren Rosu, and Deputy Killian Laughlin, and they've each been charged with misconduct in office criminal conspiracy 
and breach of peace, according to the uh, detention center in Chesterfield, South Carolina. Now, while I agree these guys are morons, that's a pretty serious list of charges right no there. Kidding. How many people in the summer of love uh, did a lot worse and got away with it? But... All I know is that if you're a law enforcement officer, maybe you pump the brakes on making a prank phone call. (laughs) Which brings us to great moments in prank phone call history. Okay. Nige, I think you know exactly where I'm going here. Me? Our former news anchor, Stan Lear. Oh, no. We put together a soundboard of some of his newscasts, various phrases that he had said during the newscasts, and we used that... To prank phone call your mother. At work. At work. Yes. Hi, this is Christina. May I help you? I'm Stan Lear. (laughs) Okay. How can I help you? Have your children been vaccinated for measles? (laughs) Well, um, I'm not sure you have the right number. Who did you want to speak with? It has been dubbed revenge porn. (laughs) Okay. Uh, They say the sex was consensual. (laughs) Uh, You have an incorrect number. I'm sorry. You're going to have to call. I I don't know who you want to speak with. Pap smears are not a thing of the past. Okay, I don't know. Ever watch Cat House on HBO? (laughs) No, I don't. I I, I don't know who you are or what you want. I'm Stan Lear. Would you like to speak with my supervisor? You can party till you puke. I really need to check my supervisor on this call because I don't know what's going on. Patronize a pimp. <laughs> Sir, that is not anything that has to do with our business here. So... Did you have pimples when you were in school? (laughs) What is wrong with you? Pap smears are not a thing of the past. That is really inappropriate. I really stop saying that. Mom, it's just me. It's... What do you mean it's you? <laughs> it's, I'm playing the clips of Stan over the phone here. It's just, I'm at work. You're on the oh, air. What, what do you mean, Nigel? Oh, my goodness. Are you serious? Oh, my goodness. Ever watch Cat House on HBO? Oh, Nigel. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, sorry, to, sorry to bother you at work, Mom. Yeah, okay. I'll talk to you uh, later. All right. Love you. Lo- love you. Patronize a pimp. <laughs> I love working with you guys. Great moments yeah. in prank phone call history. Good old Stan Lear. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And now, Amber and Nigel go off the rails with Rob Kendall. Noise pollution. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Look at that. A special guest on the hotline. He is the host of the Kendall and Casey show every Monday through Friday, 9 to noon. Mr. Off the Rails himself, Rob Kendall. Rob, how are you? I'm great, guys. Thanks as always to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. 
So this past week, there was that special election. It took place in New York and Pennsylvania. Republicans lost a seat in New York. And even though we've talked about how much of a zero Joe Biden is, how much of a vegetable Joe Biden is, and how unhappy a lot of people are with Democrat policies, I think this is an eye-opening moment for the Republicans, Rob, because the Democrat machine, they are still really, really, really good at mail-in balloting and ballot harvesting. And even though Joe Biden is a vegetable, and even though I think a lot of us don't think he's going to be the nominee, if he is the nominee, Rob, I don't think you can count him out because that's how good the left is with this whole mail-in balloting thing. Well, there are a couple things going on with the Santos election. Number one, the Republican Party has had control of the House of Representatives for 13 months now. They've given people zero reason to vote for them. What is different? There's nothing different. We're at Biden spending levels. We've got all the Biden priorities still fully funded. The southern border is not secure. The Republicans have not gotten inflation under control. They've done nothing that they promised the American. They haven't even impeached the guy yet. They've done nothing that they promised the American people they would do, which is what they do every time they get in office. What's the sales pitch? We must keep this seat because fill in the blank. There's no, there's no compelling argument to be made to the American people. So I don't think you had a, a very motivated electorate. The other thing is Santos was a fraud and a liar. And when you burn people, yeah. especially when it's the Republicans who burn people, they look at it and go, why should I vote? What's the point? You guys, you the Republicans, allowed a fraud and a liar to have this seat. What's, what is my incentive to be engaged? But, Rob, my counter to that, though, is if you're looking to keep the numbers in your favor, right? The Republicans are so worried about being liked. They want to be viewed as the good guys, the superheroes, the people that wear the capes. Sure, we'll get rid of Santos. He's a total zero. We'll do whatever you say so we can sit at the cool kids' lunch table when it comes time for lunch at the Capitol. Meanwhile, you look at the Democrats, you got Bowman pulling a fire alarm. This dude (laughs) should be kicked out, but they rally around their guy, and then they laugh at the Republicans for voluntarily kicking out their own dude. Oh, 100% agree. Look at Bob Menendez. This is the second time he's been indicted yes. now. You see Chuck Schumer sprinting to get rid of a guy who everybody knows he's guilty, but yet you're right. Republicans are losers. They've always been losers. They always will be losers, and they would rather lose and be accepted inside Washington, D.C. circles and have nice things said about the media than actually win elections. You're 100% right, Hammer, but this is who the Republicans are. This isn't news to me. They never followed through and they and they never win. So what's the number one fundamental thing that needs to happen for the Republicans to have success in 2024 from the top down? I think part of it was maybe having the leader of the RNC, Ronna McDaniel, looking like she's going to step down. Some changes are going to be made there. Uh, but what do you think? I mean, overall, big picture, what do the Republicans need to do different? There's no vision. What is the vision yes. of the Republican Party? Elect us and will what? I don't have any idea what Trump intends to do. I know he gives these vague platitudes like drill, baby, drill, and I'll, I'll solve Russia, Ukraine in, in 10 minutes or two days or whatever it was. But there's no specifics. If you're a down-ballot candidate 
running for U.S. Senate or a governor's race or a U.S. House race. What are you running on? You can't run on fiscal responsibility. You can't run on getting inflation under control. You can't even run on securing the southern border. They've had four chances now to get whatever they wanted done through either the, raising the debt ceiling or the, the you know these continuing resolutions or the budget. And they never use it. They just keep rolling over and funding all of Biden's stuff. Uh, until there's a vision, a coherent vision of electus, and we will. But even then, you can't trust them because they never do. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You bring up vision, and it feels like right now, with the Republican Party at a national level, you've got two different sides. You've got the America First, MAGA-style Donald Trump Republicans, and then you've got the old-school, establishment, Mitch McConnell, swamp monster Republicans. And it's so much mixed messaging to the voter base, because a message in North Carolina might be something totally different, you know, in Arizona, two key swing states here, but the messaging is all over the place. Can updates at the RNC, if Donald Trump gets his guys at the RNC, uh, the North Carolina leader, and then Laura Trump as the co-chair, and if Donald Trump is the face of the Republican Party, does that fix any of those issues? No, because Trump had his people in his cabinet look at who he picked. I mean, Trump is a Trump was a supporter of Ronna McDaniel. I mean, this is, what, this is what is so laughable about all of this stuff. All of these people that Trump was behind, I mean, he was behind Kevin McCarthy. He was behind Ronna McDaniel. There's a, this is, like, we've got to get past the idea that Trump is the answer. Now, he's going to be the nominee, and everybody better hope he wins and can get it together because we can't deal with four more years of Biden. But what is Trump's vision? What does Trump want to do? Trump has laid out nothing on how he's going to fix inflation. He's laid out nothing, I mean, of substance on how he's actually going to solve the stuff with Ukraine. I just, I think people just rely way too much on Trump when the reality is personnel-wise, he was a dumpster fire in his first administration. Look at, you know, Tillerson and Sessions and Mitch McConnell's wife in his cabinet. The guy, Omarosa was there, the mooch. (laughs) (laughs) Going off the rails with Rob Kendall about a week now to let it the special prosecutor um, and his findings that, yeah, Joe Biden mishandled these classified documents. Pretty egregious, but um, we're not going to charge him. We're not going to make him stand trial because he's unfit to stand trial. Uh, he doesn't have the cognitive ability. Did that resonate with the American people here now that we're about a week into that? Do independents and moderates look at that and say, whoa, wait a minute, if he can't stand trial, how is he mentally fit to be president? Did that make a difference whatsoever in the long run, do you think? Isn't that the real question of how both things can be true? How can you be so incompetent that you can't remember when you were vice president or when your son died, yes. but yet we're led to believe you're competent enough to be the commander-in-chief and lead a country? And I think that's the thing that's going to be a very heavy lift for Biden is that these Two things cannot be true, and regular people know this. I'll tell you who the real winner in all of this is, because Trump's a dumpster fire, and Biden obviously is, I mean, 
screw dumpster fire, and he just like blew the dumpster up. <laughs> I think Robert F. Kennedy Jr., if he can put together some sort of coherent team, and if he can get on the ballot in all 50 states, if he ultimately lines up with, say, the libertarians who have that ballot access, he can do some real damage because people are just looking at both of these parties and both of these guys going, I don't want either one of them. What's your definition of real damage, though? Because, again, with the libertarians, it's kind of like when the Republicans are in charge. Just when you think they're going to do something positive, they end up doing something really stupid. What's your definition of doing damage in this election? If he gets on the ballot in all 50 states, and that's why he would run as a libertarian. He's not a libertarian or anything close to it, but he would do it for the ballot access. He could easily get... 15 to 20 percent of the vote and i mean he's polled that's where he's polled he's been polling like that for a long time now they'll start running negative ads against him kennedy's a complete lunatic on the environment he said some super offensive stuff about that but there's a lot of people the baby boomer generation who are going to yearn for that camelot nostalgia and then you've got a lot of younger people who can't stand either of these sides if he gets 15 percent, he gets to be in the debate and he will run circles around Trump and Biden in terms of appearance in those in those debates. You could see Kennedy, he's not going to win the election, but he could get electoral votes. He could be a difference maker. Does it matter, though, that you bring up the whole Camelot mystique, that most of the Kennedy family hates this guy? We've already heard that Super Bowl commercial that aired. You know, he's having to apologize for it now because all the grandkids and all the grifters from the Kennedy family, they got their feelings hurt. Well, look, he looks like his dad. He's got the name of his dad. Obviously, a lot of people believe his father would have been president if he hadn't been assassinated. Um, And I just think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be attracted to something other than Trump and Biden, especially. And this is going to be a real key. If Trump gets convicted of something. Now, if Trump hasn't been convicted, I think there's a lot of people who still pull the trigger for him. I think there's going to be a lot of people who won't pull the trigger for him if he's been convicted. As stupid as that sounds. But Biden's a total no-go for clearly a majority of the American people right now. Trump's not helping himself. And I just think Kennedy's going to be a default option for people. Again, I don't think he's going to win, but I think he can get enough electoral votes to be to play an outcome in in this election. A couple more minutes left here going off the rails with Rob Kendall. Let's pivot. I heard you guys uh, talking earlier this morning on Kendall and Casey about the NBA All-Star Game this weekend. All eyes on Indianapolis. Are you looking forward to the festivities this weekend a huge weekend in downtown indy and your assessment of the all-star game itself you you thought that it's this is could be even bigger than the nba finals well isn't that interesting that in the like in the nfl the pro bowl is a non-thing anymore it's flag football and a skills challenge the all-star game has lost a lot of its luster hammers a baseball guy he knows a bunch of these dudes don't even play anymore the pitching is a is kind of a joke but the all-star game for the nba is arguably now bigger than the finals itself in terms of the star power the people who come out the promotion of it this you could make a compelling case this is the marquee event of the national basketball association and nobody puts on a better live event say whatever you want about hog set and the decay of indianapolis through all of it they still get their act together with these big city sport events or big time sport events and you already see it out in full force with the mobile billboards and the display of the city it's going to be a great weekend indianapolis still does a great job with these big time sport events and I gotta, I'm not gonna lie to you, Rob. I uh, I saw what happened in Kansas City with that parade and the shooting. And my worst fear is that something bad will happen in Indy. I know they've bust all the 
panhandlers and homeless to various outskirt hotels. We talked to the new chief of police the other day. They're going to have extra security downtown, but man, there's still something in the back of my mind that says keep your head on a swivel this weekend. Oh, you totally got to. And and look, I mean, the idea that the, these quote-unquote peacekeepers and butler students are going to be the thing that's going to keep high-level, high high vi- highly violent criminal from enacting violence in the city is a joke. And there's going to be some stuff. You just hope it'll stay relatively peaceful. You hope no innocent people are, are, are injured like tragically happened in Kansas City. It is clear they can't secure, or they won't, they could. They won't secure the city. Hawks and Amirs have no desire to do that. But you just hope for a couple days that the city can keep it together because, gosh darn it, we are just such a great place to have these events. The city is set up perfectly. We always get these great reviews, and you just hope for a couple days they can hold it together. He's off the rails. He's Rob Kendall. Rob, thank you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. If you'd like to hear Travis Kelsey try to sing Garth Brooks, very intoxicated, (laughs) with a little help from Patrick Mahomes, then I highly recommend you turn the radio up right now. If you know this song, sing along. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots. Is the parade? And ruined yes. the Niners affair. Ah. The last one to know. We were the last one to show. We were the last ones they thought they'd see there. And I saw the surprise. Taylor Swift's like, that's that my man. Is this what sing along with me sounds like? Yes. Slightly worse. Take that glass of champagne, I promise you. I hate you for sending me that sound bite. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.